He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 107 of the Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. As always, I'm James Richardson and I'm joined by Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. Uh, thanks for all the Twitter feedback over the course of the week. You can find us at PodcastGTS. You can also email the show at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear any of your comments or views over the course of the show about what we're talking about or anything you'd like us to talk about. So I suppose where we always start is our own games. And uh, I suppose, Barry, from my perspective, I, uh, I had a little four-day four day outing of golf. Uh, five, if you count, being up in, in Carton last week uh, on Wednesday with Mark Amani talking through a few things. But... Uh, Played the golf open golf tournament on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Open. We can do days of the week again. We'll yeah, no, no, no yeah, Thursday. Uh, Thursday, I played the open competition up in Glen of the Downs. Had thirty five, missed the putt for thirty six points um, on the eighteenth, but uh, it was enough to win the tournament. So uh, boom. So that's that's the first of the year tick uh, completed. And then you and myself and your father came out and we uh, went up to Druid's Heath, which is a part of the Druid's Glen uh, complex down in Wicklow. And they have an open competition on Fridays for 25 quid. So we uh, we went up and played there, which was interesting. Um, nearly shorts and t-shirts for the front nine. And uh, we um, maybe called it a day on the 10th. As you know, those situations where... You're walking down. We were walking down the ninth back towards the, the the clubhouse and the car park, and in the distance, over the mountains, you just see these this looming darkness. And this wasn't just a, a normal rain cloud. You could tell this had something special going on inside it. So we stopped behind the ninth green, put our rain gear on, walked around to the tenth tee, and I'd say within what thirty seconds of us arriving at the tenth tee, so did the snow and hail. So we stood there for about two or three minutes, and. Um, as much as we wanted to continue because the course was in really good condition the greens were lovely it was a nice day and you know we're in a, we're in a you know happy place playing golf on a friday evening it doesn't get much better we decided to uh, to ditch because well the only thing was that coming. was darker than the clouds was your mood on the front nine yeah i had some i had some bad times you, yeah you, you you've had kind of a few bad times because you had a pretty bad time on saturday as well um, until you realized i think afterwards what you actually had on your scorecard but there was a very dark uh, five or six holes where Myself and your father just stayed the hell away from you while you stomped around on the other side of the fairway. Stewed quietly. Uh, uh, Barry, you do not stew quietly. No, after after a couple of outbursts, yeah, I stewed quietly. Um, I, look, wasn't happy. Had a few. Had a terrible hole. Oh, thanks to Mark Sheehan for pointing that out. He was checking out the game golf for my. Yeah, I had my nine on the sixth. And uh, well, listen, the thing I was most annoyed about was not. 
the actual scores. It was my decision making which led to the bad scores. Like taking a three wood from where I was, there was no need to do it on that hole. I don't think there was any benefit to be gained from it, but I was just trying to pump it up there beside the green or as close to it as possible. Um, bad decision, duffed it, then ended up taking a nine. So it's not just it's not the shots. It was just I was more annoyed at myself for the decision to do that. So poor shot preparation and choice. Um, but I came back pretty well in the back nine. I think I had 21 points for 35 or 36 points for the day. I think I had 36 points for the day and got, got cut. Point well, you, three. Um, you, you spent most of the time walking from the 14th green to the 15th tee shot, cursing, shouting, screaming, banging, throwing your club in the bag. I can't effing believe I effing just three put at that effing green for mm-hmm. bogey, the effing blah, blah, blah. Well, three points and then, 20 foot. And then you, you, you put it from off the green for a birdie on 15, and it was like you had just risen from the dead. Your humour had changed so considerably. Um, so it's, uh, it was it was one of those rounds. I have to say, it's though... It's a results-based game, isn't it? That, uh, you know, and you were just saying there that people have been following us on game golf, and I have to say I love the system. Um and I actually quite enjoy going back over the round afterwards and making sure that everything is correct and removing. Trying uh, to increase our 220-hour drives yeah. to, a, to something a bit more respectable. Well, thankfully, I, I had a great uh, I had a great drive last week um, on the 5th, which was somewhat win, wind-assisted, which went 320, uh, 327 yards. So at the moment, that's my long drive, which has helped mm. very much. But the amazing thing is that when you come back off a round, and I played... Uh, with you on Saturday and you know tee to green I and I, I felt I struck the ball quite well but um, my putting was just just one of those days where it was just pretty atrocious and I think if I had walked off the, the course normally I would have thought to myself what a bad day I'm not happy but you did walk off the course thinking it was a bad day and you weren't happy it was only until you looked at the game golf later on and you saw the stats about the round that it became a bit clear. Yeah, like I, I had 44 putts that day, which in itself told the story of the round. Uh, but that also then showed what I did a lot of things really well that day. Mm. I, I hit a lot of fairways and I hit a good, you know, better than my normal greens and regulation. I just didn't putt that well um, and I didn't scramble particularly well. But that's that's just the way it is. The greens are getting a bit quicker and... A little bit, yeah. Know, Taking but a little time to adjust. It shows how easy it is for you to just be able to take a bad score at an end of a round and out of that deduce that your entire game is terrible. Whereas when you looked at the stats of what you had, you realised it wasn't your entire game that was terrible on a day when you could easily fatalise it. You saw that your long game was in pretty good shape and it was just the, the putter mostly that killed you. If you had a regular putting round of even 34 putts, all of a sudden you're only one or two over your handicap. Uh, well, I would have been there or thereabouts on the handicap. Mm. I had 94 for the round, and if I had taken 10 shots off the putter, um, you know, 84 was there or thereabouts yeah. for the handicap. Put it in perspective, though, and this is what I love about this system, because when I got home and I was looking at it, you know, 62% fairways and regulation. You know, that's that's fantastic. It's you know, poor standard. You know, that's, that, I was delighted with that. You know, 39% green and regulations. Okay, little low for what I would like. But having said that, you know, it's still still not bad. So when I came home and I looked at it, I went, oh, okay, you know, that's that's not too bad. Um, but we did then take to the course again on Sunday, which was my fourth round of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, again, kind of tee to green. We were playing in the our match play, four ball match play, um, and this is where we really found a, the tough going because we were giving 11 shots to one of the guys who I'm not 100% sure how he is, the handicap that he is. Every third shot was some, was a shot that like a two handicapper would go, oh, I was pretty happy with that. Like, he had some crazy good stuff out there. Now, he had some appalling stuff as well. But the crazy good stuff was at excruciating times in, in match play terms. But the thing about even when there was bad shots, they weren't that bad. No. They weren't that atrocious. Okay, he might have knocked it 40 yards in front of him, but it was still on the fairway and he still was able to, you know, and then he hit the next shot really well. Um, unfortunately, we didn't quite get over the line. Um, I think from my perspective, I think the turning point was probably the 13th hole. Oh, yeah. No, um, there's no doubt. There's no, like, that is it. I have a four-footer to win, and I missed a four-footer. I think, I think, and people, you know, at Podcast GTS, if, if you know, if you're into four ball and, and, you know, playing partners and what kind of, I'm not sure we as partners work quite as well as perhaps we could for two reasons. One, I was looking at those two guys, and the fact that, you know, one guy was, I think we were giving him three shots. I think we gave he'd, the other guy three shots, three or four he'd, shots. He had six shots. He had five shots, sorry. And we were giving the other guy 11. Mm. So they were pretty far in the distance from each other, handicap-wise. Uh, we're very, very similar. Like, we were playing off, what, 11, uh, 10, 10, and, 10 and 12. Yeah. Where I actually think we either need to be playing with a guy who's an 18 handicap or we need to find somebody who's like a three handicap. Or we just need to get better down to eight each. That's that's the uh, that's the thing. But um, I think one thing that we fall down on because we're very good friends and we talk an awful lot on the course. We actually don't talk because we know we have a very good understanding. But I think would actually help us to talk a bit more about the actual game and what we're doing. Uh, well, there's times of strategy. Like for instance, there was a few times that I would have had putts to win the hole, which I was closer to the hole or vice versa, or I was looking for a par putt, which would have been in and you had a longer birdie putt. And we may have made mistakes. I can think of three, for instance. You had a birdie putt. I was looking for a par, which would have freed you up up Mm. to really just... It didn't matter if you knocked a 40-foot past. But um, they're then the way it goes. There's a little bit here as well in the lack of experience we have in playing match play and four-ball, better-ball match play, for example... We haven't had the most success in um, year on year in, in, in this event. So with that, we don't get that many games of practice. So we might actually only get one or two of these games of practice a year. So maybe a lack of experience is hurting us as well in just playing it and in the art of playing it and, and the things we should be doing that are different from regular you know, medal play at golf or individual golf. So uh, I don't know, food for thought. Yeah, this week now we've got a... Uh, a bit like the the, the 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 tour lads, we have a few heavy weeks now. I've got um, we've got the main medal this weekend, mm-hmm. strokes. Uh, I'm playing on in a match play, Metro Cup, For uh, the club. which is a singles uh, uh, match play against Milltown. I'm playing at home, so that will be interesting on Sunday. So and, not uh, nine singles matches. We have five at home, and there's four away. And the lowest handicap any of the players who could play for any team 
could have been last year is eight, I think. Yeah. So uh, and all matches then are played off scratch. So it'll be good fun. And uh, I'll, uh, I'm pulling on the caddy bib. So yeah, I'll be I'll be game golfing. I'm game golfing everything at the moment. So um, might do some live tweeting, a bit of Periscope maybe. Yeah. So look, let's uh, let's move on. If if anybody's had any good rounds this week, or you know the season's now really kicking off, so let us know how you guys are getting on your own games at Podcast GTS. We love to see you. We're following quite a few people on uh, Game Golf, so if you're not on the system, get on it and uh, follow us so we can follow you guys. And uh, you know, it's nice to come in. And you know, I've been looking, as I said to you last week, been looking around at a few of the guys and seeing where they're playing and looking at their courses. So it's you know, it's really interesting to do that. So uh, get on to Game Golf and uh, uh, get get in contact with us, and we'll follow each other's games over the course of the season. Looking at uh, some of the news items this week, Barry, and I suppose uh, Seamus Power was really on a on a very close uh, Irish basis. He won on the web.com at the United Leasing and Finance Championship in Indiana. He's the first Irish golfer to win on the web.com tour and it moves him to seventh in the standings with the top 25 earning a PGA Tour card for 2016-2017. It's a huge achievement for, for this guy. Um, and we've seen how many guys have come through the web.com over the last number of years who have, have, have forged a very good career out in, 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 in America and, and on tour. So. And gone on to win quickly on the PGA Tour. It's a, it's a, it seems like it's a great preparation for these guys just to go to the PGA Tour and they don't have that year or two years of, not fear, but an adjustment time to get used to being there on tour. They're ready to go and win. And we've seen this time and time again. Uh, for the last couple of years, so it's a, it's a great um, it's a great development ground, and where he is in the rankings right now, he just keeps ticking along. He should have one of those twenty five spots uh, locked up from the order of merit, which would be great, and hopefully he can go on and bag another win maybe before the end of the season it would be brilliant. Well, he's certainly now on the radar, which um, perhaps he wasn't a couple of weeks ago, mm. which is great. It's another Irish name. It's another Irish golfer to go along with. So many of the, the 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 names that we all know. So, come here. Did you see the, the a couple of guys chasing him down? And one of the guys had was extremely unlucky. Uh, a guy named Cody Gribble needed a birdie to win or a par to force a playoff. So he played uh, the green sits um, with a stand to the left and water to the right of it. So he played. He's a lefty, so he played a draw. So he was drawing it from towards the water. Well, anyway, he pitched it about five foot from the pin. Whatever way the ball was was hooking hard, obviously, because it didn't so much have backspin and sort of side spin on it, and uh, it continued and spun into the water. And he ended up making bogey to miss his chance for the, to even force the playoff. But it was incredibly unlucky for something that lands five foot from the pin to go in. But uh, he got the trajectory wrong, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, you need a little bit of luck to win, and Seamus Power had the luck this week, which oh, was great it. for him. And, and look, somebody, you know, the, it, it swings and roundabouts, so we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll swing back towards him. Talking about swings and roundabouts, we look at the Olympics last week, and I suppose it's it's been brought back to the attention, and uh, not just of the players withdrawing, but it is, uh, it's been noted, I suppose, that there is a lot more drug testing around the Olympics than perhaps... The, the, the tour gets and in fact mm. uh, very interesting you were pointing out to me which I, I was surprised about was that the PGA Tour is not a signatory to the WADA code which is the World Anti-Doping Agency which I'm surprised that it's not because I would have thought that you know there's a 
not only an awful lot of money, but it's such a high-profile organization that I would have thought that the anti-doping or, uh, agency would have been very much uh, um, knocking on the door of that being the case. However, um, you you were looking at a bit more about this, Barry, and, and pointing out that you have a, a conspiracy theory um, in I relation just to just picked this. up from yeah a few tweets around the net you see and um, it's just it's. It's funny that there are a lot. There's a lot of reasons being bandied around why certain golfers aren't going to the event, aren't putting themselves forward to be able to go to the Olympics. This could be one of the reasons that you know the there's more stringent anti-doping testing procedures, and they will begin on the sixth of May, two days' time. So um, it's just uh, it's another element to the Olympic story, um, along with the Zika virus and scheduling issues. And so. Well, I'd say a lot of it has to do with the scheduling and where where it has landed and the majors not being moved. So it's just it's creating a really intense period of golf for these guys and adding another big, big event in the middle of it. And we see this having an effect on Rory McIlroy and how he set his schedule, as you were looking at earlier. Yeah, so this is, this is Rory this week um, is playing again for the first time since the Masters, the world number three has been talking this week about the fact that he has taken uh, three weeks off since the Masters and that there was a very good reason. He's saying that, look, I'm not going to get any more than a week off from now until the Ryder Cup, that this schedule this year is so packed that uh, he plays the Wells Fargo this week, then he goes and plays the players, then he's back here for the Irish Open as he is is hosting it with the Rory Foundation. He's then going to take a week off before returning to the Memorial He's going to take a week off, interestingly, before the US Open. And then it's just really kind of week on, week off, week on, week off. So it's interesting to look at these guys and looking at the Olympics fitting into that with the with the Ryder Cup, all the majors, the players. Interestingly, though, and I suppose this is something that has been kind of murmuring under the, the radar a bit, is that uh, the BMW PGA Championship, which is the European Tour flagship event, he's not playing in this year. But they're they're making a point over over on various uh, websites at the moment that look he is also skipping the WGC Bridgestone Invitational to play in the French Open, which mm-hmm. while it's one of the oldest on the tour, you know he's 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 picking and choosing. He's picking what he wants to play. He's looking at how he's going to set his game up for the majors. But um, you know I think we're going to see this a lot over the next you know couple of months. A lot of guys taking a little bit more time and really just picking the tournaments and. It probably means that the majors, because of the amount of guys that are going to sit weeks out, pretty much only the majors are we going to get that top five, top ten playing super, together. Super deep, super strong fields, yeah. Um, which will make them even more juicy to watch and more exciting to to view. It's it look sounds like a good move for Rory. He's hyper suiting himself. He's kind of doesn't care if he's offending anyone to a certain extent. He says, I'm doing what's best for my game and for me to achieve my goals, and so be it. Well, it's similar to what I suppose Boric Harrington said. Nobody remembers how many PGA Tour titles once you become a major winner. It's how many majors you win. And that's the focus of these guys. Same with Jordan Spieth. And, you know, talking about Jordan Spieth, he was talking this week um, and saying about he was at a uh, an event for the FedEx Cares at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Pittsburgh. And he was talking very interestingly about the Masters. And last week we were talking about how when he was away with uh, his friend Ricky Fowler and, and Smiley Kaufman and 
uh, Taylor that these guys were taking the piss a bit of what happened in, at Augusta and you know he he seemed to be taking it in good grace and interestingly that that theme has continued this week with Jordan saying you know he's not really taking it you know to heart yeah it's tough to think about at times but you know he's a he's he's a major winner he he's he's able to kind of swallow it and move on and uh, it's interesting that he's you know talking about look you know and it, there's a quote here I can laugh about it now I really do you know it will keep coming up I understand that it's a tough time when it does come up but look you know thankfully my dog isn't dead so you know he's really clearly dealing with this in a certain way whether he's been talking to Bob Rotella to deal with it it will be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks leading into the next major quite how uh, how he bounces back and um, we don't go a week without talking about this guy and fever pitches is, is starting to uh, to reach almighty levels but Tiger Woods is still in the news that <clears throat> Reuters have uh, been putting out a report that Tiger Woods has now booked accommodation for the memorial tournament and the players is it a holiday inn or a <laughs> who knows Western. I, I'm guessing it's probably a little bit more luxurious than those but uh it's interesting that again, look, we we looked at the fact that officially he registered for the U.S. Open on the on, on the fourth of April a couple of weeks ago. We've seen him hitting the range now at his own Tiger Jam this week. He was playing the back nine of his his own golf course in in Texas um, last week. So it's there is a lot more. We're we're seeing momentum, momentum and we're mm. we're seeing a bit of a groundswell. The money seems to be on the Memorial Tournament, um, being the 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 Jack Nicklaus hosted event in the first week of June is more likely than the players which is only a couple of weeks away and that seems to be a bit more realistic if he does plan to go to the US Open I think the fact that he's staying quite silent on this compared to where he was a couple of months ago where he was very quick to squash the rumours about his demise and not coming back um, I think it's interesting that we haven't heard from Tiger Woods Inc just yet to say I will not be playing those events I don't know where this rumour is coming from, but I'm not going to. And I think silence is perhaps a little bit golden in this situation. Yeah, look, I, I guess we'll see him on the course and we see him on the course and he's uh, he's got the preparations there should he be ready. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, looking, forward, looking forward to having him back anyway. And uh, depending on if you're pessimistic or optimistic, 43% of, uh, in a poll, 43% I think of a secret poll of... The uh, anonymous of, tour. Of, of yeah, tour. Perhaps. Players believe that he'll win again on tour. You can either look at that as 43% believe he's going to win or 57% don't believe he's going to win. So uh, it uh, depends, I suppose, if you're pro-Tiger or anti-Tiger. <laughs> it depends on which way you might want to look at it. Uh, one piece of news that did catch my eye, and it, it's slightly on a more businessy side of things, is that the Adidas Group have announced today that they are looking to now sell various golf brands that are in their group particularly TaylorMade, uh, which is in their stable, Adams and Ashworth as well, but really TaylorMade. And this comes off the back of the fact that TaylorMade has cut by 14% last November, the workforce, and it in March announced, and I think, Barry, you were talking about this back in March, that they have now announced that they're going to cut back on the product launches. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very interesting because we were just talking off air before we came on about who would be interested in TaylorMade. Like, you know, it's 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 a very crowded market. We've got the high end guys and PXG coming in. We've obviously got the big big brands, your Nikes, your 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 Titleists. You know these guys. 
is there room? Like, who who wants to buy TaylorMade? Who's going to buy TaylorMade? Or, you know, is this going to be something that perhaps um, might fall by the wayside and, you know, the brand and the name might, you know, struggle depending on who buys it or maybe the Chinese, a Chinese corporation will buy it for... It's interesting that they rolled back the way they were delivering clubs to the to the market in terms of it seemed like it was every three weeks there was a new model coming out or a variant of a model coming out and they've seen they've simplified their offering and they've definitely cut back on the volume of uh, different clubs they've been setting out maybe this was part of the plan all along to to have the company in, in a more normal kind of uh, product cycle um manner of being of putting stuff out to the market to make it a more saleable proposition rather than one that is just churning out variant upon variant upon variant, which is a very difficult thing for a new owner to take on and manage. They're now taking on something that's a little bit more predictable and uh, not as fast-paced in terms of R&D and product development. So it could have been their plan all along or it could have just got to a stage where they go, you know what, we're, we're kind of done with this now. Adidas said, we're done with this now, uh, no matter what they were doing, um, we just wanted to offload it. And- well, I suppose I can I can probably shed some light. The CEO, uh, Herbert Hayner, talked about the fact that uh, the, 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 the second quarter earnings for TaylorMade, and we won't turn this into a business show, but they did you know fall by 26%. So it's fallen by a quarter, which is a huge drop for a company at the level of TaylorMade, particularly as when you think we're coming out of a global recession, you kind of expect that golf would be mm. on the upswing, not not the downswing, not to use the pun of a golf swing there. But um, the fact of the matter is he's also looked at the fact that perhaps the ambitious schedule of product launches has actually backfired on the brand and that brand loyalty has mm. has has you know, being affected and that simply they believe it's a viable business, but just not for them. And they want to look towards their core strength as, as to the athletic footwear and the, the, the apparel. You made a very good point before to show that, you know, people, that brand loyalty thing, that if I go out and buy a driver for 400 euro and literally four to six weeks later, they're bringing out a new one saying this one's even better and bigger and longer and straighter than the one you just bought. I'm going to feel pretty pissed off. You know, my money is now... Feel, and I don't... And all of a sudden, I don't have the latest and greatest. I have the second latest and second greatest. And there's something I know... That every time I stand over that, I now know there's something out there from that company that's supposedly better than what I have in my hand. So I'm going to be really pissed off. And that might... That will probably encourage me to look elsewhere for my next driver. And it is a huge investment. We're yeah. not tour players. No. And- Unless four hundred euros, you know, a good pe- chunk of money. You know, a lot of people, if not you know, ninety nine percent of people, aren't able to just go in and change their driver mm-hmm. every time. Taylor made, and we do like to have the the latest gear because we buy into all of the stuff in the magazines of oh, it will go longer. It's this, it's that. You you know, and the technology. You know, you do want to, to buy into it, but when you bring your driver back to the golf shop and they say they'll give you two hundred quid for something you paid four hundred and something for a couple of months ago. You know, you'd get a bit pissed off, and mm-hmm. and I, I I think that TaylorMade have made, um, or Adidas made a big mistake in that respect, and you know, I I hope it's not the end of TaylorMade. I don't think it will be, mm. but it will be very interesting to see this story unfold in the business section as to whether or not, um, there is any any real interest in who's going to pick it up, yeah. and and at what level the company will continue if it does find a buyer, you know, and whereabouts they kind of level out in the market, um. 
they, they, they quite a number of players. Of course, everyone knows there's quite a number of players in Dortmund playing their club. So just be interesting to see where that all, all uh, levels out come the end of the day. So Barry, uh, we'll move on and we'll look at the, the game golf competition, which we've been running over the last couple of weeks. And uh, this is very much, this is your department, not mine. So I'm going to hand it over to you to discuss where we're at with mm-hmm. regard to the game golf uh, live system and the shirt signed by GMAC. So we've decided to be very, very, very generous. Um, there are a number of people who have posted rounds in the challenge that haven't sent in the tweet as requested. So we're going to give them a second chance till the final shot on the PGA Tour this Sunday to send the tweet in. They got a tweet at Podcast GTS and at Game Golf. Send a tweet with a picture of that round that you posted. And also we've taken a snapshot of everybody who has who had entered the challenge by Monday night, which was the cutoff. So those guys, uh, those people, sorry, guys and girls, have a chance to get a round posted this week. Um, it's hard to get these things perfect first time. Uh, not you know, and people could be people's golf courses could be closed this time of year. The weather's been particularly crap over here, and golf courses haven't been in good condition. So, uh, or, or they might have been closed, depending on what part of the world you're in. But so. Anyone who's already in the challenge has a chance. Get your round posted, um, uploaded to golf, sorry to Game Golf, and then tweet at Podcast GTS, at Podcast GTS, and at Game Golf a picture of your round. Uh, it's that easy. If you don't do that, you're not in the draw to win the Game Golf Live system, which is signed by GMAC and a shirt signed by GMAC as well. And so that will be announced on next week's show. Exactly. So let's look at last week, and the LPGA was playing the Volunteers of America Texas Shootout over in Irving in Texas. It was played over the 6,462-yard par 71, and Jenny Shin of, uh, surprise, surprise, South Korea won by two shots from Amy Yang, uh, Ming Jung Her, and Georgina Pillar, I think, is that? I'm sorry, my eyesight is not all that great today. Um... She won by two shots um, at 14 under 68, 70, 65, 67 uh, for a 270, 14 under. Takes home the 195,000 check and uh, continues the very strong uh, showing of the South Korean women on the LPGA. To put it in perspective, outside of one player who was in the top 10 Everybody else was from the Asian continent, which uh, just shows quite how strong. That's unbelievable. Um, I mean, and just of the top twelve there, like there was three tight tenth. The top twelve, seven or eight, sorry, seven. Good man, Barry. Counting is very easy. Uh, seven of those twelve were from South Korea. So I mean, what a powerhouse in golf. It really is, and uh, every week they just seem to be there or thereabouts. So I think they will probably be favourites for the Olympics. Yeah, I, I think that's probably safe to say. So looking at the European Tour, the Volvo China Open was taking place at Top Win Golf and Country Club in Beijing in China. It was played over the 7,261-yard par 72. And uh, I suppose this was all about the hometown hero, uh, Li Hongtong, who won with a convincing three-shot win over his uh, Felipe Aguilar and Richard Bland, Marcel Saim, and Lucas Beergard, 
who were all at 18, well, 19 and 18 under. This was an incredible, um, you know, win for him, local hero. Uh, certainly, I have to say, cut a dashing figure in his uh, Chinese uh, jacket when he was picking up the prize. But the thing I liked about this, the way he did this, was even though he had a three-shot lead on the 18th, he played aggressive. And it was, it was a great video, if you haven't seen it, you know, watch even the short clips of, of the last day because there's a moment where he hits his, he's hit, hit a layup and he's, you know, he's going straight for the pin on 18, water to the right, you know, pin is over on the right and he absolutely stitches it. Uh, goes over the back of the green slightly, but only just off. Only 12 foot away from the hole. It's a phenomenal shot. But, uh, Stupid and foolhardy, but But phenomenal. he doesn't know at the time uh, that he has a three-shot lead. It's not until he's hit it that he turns, he looks at the scoreboard, and his uh, caddy just says, you know you have a three-shot lead. <laughs> and there's this great moment, he kind of has this realisation yeah. of, oh, I'm not sure I would have done what I just did. <laughs> uh, but nearly made the putt for the birdie and uh, you know had a very nice tap-in. Uh, regulation par for for a minus twenty two and but there you, you go. Know, it, sh- it, sh- it shows what it's like when you're in the zone. He didn't need to look at the leaderboard. He just he was in a flow that day and off he went. No, it was a superb week for him. Sixty nine, sixty seven, sixty six, and a superb final. Thirty two out, thirty two in for mm. a sixty four final round. Nobody could really get close to him over the the the, the course of the week, and. I suppose if we look at this just for a moment in this respect, China, we look at South Korea and we talked about the ladies and we've talked previously on this podcast at various stages about how the domination of the ladies game from Asia doesn't seem to have transpired and come through in the men's game. Mm. But here is a guy in, in Lee that really could go on and play very well on the European tour and could be a guy that's well worth keeping an eye on, you know, over the next number of years. You know, he's only 20 years old. You know, he's he's only starting his career. You know, he's now got, with this win, he's going to get his exemption onto the, the European Tour. So he can now start looking at some of the bigger events, you know, and uh, getting up the world rankings and seeing how far he can go. With more regularity, we're seeing um, guys from Asia feature on leaderboards, getting themselves up there. It's just going to become more and more common as the young players that have been in development there uh, come through. You know, and you've you've been on there on um, on the PGA Tour. When you know he's only new to the PGA Tour, even though he is in the you know the top players in the world, getting a tied second last week. So, and he's a South, he's from South Korea. So there's the beginnings of the the male South Korean bunch coming through now. And if we stay on Lee for a minute, you know. This is a guy who just fell short last year in the playoff at the uh, Shanzhen International where, you know, he was only just beaten where a lot of people were rooting for him. And mm. I, I, I I can remember quite distinctly the, the, the fabulous chip that he had, you know, from below the hole at that tournament. This is a guy who, you know, this isn't a once-off for this guy. Like, he's he's been there thereabouts in previous tournaments, so it's great to see him come through. Um it's how do like he looks as skinny as a golf shaft. It's unbelievable how he hits it that far. Yeah, and and I suppose it it just shows that timing and tempo and using what you have yeah. in the right way 
is much more important than being six foot five and 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 built like a brick. Um, but that that's that's the thing. It's it, you know he just knows how to play. And, you know we look at you know guys like um, Shambo over in America. You know another big tall guy, mm. bigger in terms of broadness. But you know this guy, I think you know he wants to go now. He said he wants to go to 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 Rio and qualify for for China. For the Olympics, you know that in itself will be a huge achievement as well. Not and, uh, not saying, not making a comparison between them, but he reminds me of when Tiger Woods was very young. He was very you know thin, sinewy kind of player. It's the same kind of thing. You just hope Lee maintains that kind of body shape and keeps that that free flow to his swing for as long as possible. And um, that's what's natural to him. And it's what's got him here. And you know, he's got a, he's got a win under his belt, and he's gone from strength to strength now. Yeah, and it's look, it's 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 nearly half a million quid in his back pocket, and it's it's what comes with it, which is much more important for him. And uh, we look forward to to seeing him on the European tour now over the next number of weeks and months, and hopefully following the progression of him and seeing how far he can go. Um, this week we 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 saw the quite the obsession that. China takes with its sports stars in in Dijonghui in the snooker. Mm. He's going to have a lot of people following uh, his career, Lee, now with this win and and embarking on the European tour. So there's um, certainly going to be uh, no no hiding for him in the local pub uh, anymore. He's he's going to be well known. So look, congratulations to him, and uh, we we will preview next week's tournament at, at the end of the show. But let's move to the PGA tournament was uh, at the Zora Classic of New Orleans in Avondale, Louisiana. It was the seven thousand four hundred and twenty-five yard par seventy-two, and uh, Brian uh, Studdard won by a playoff after finishing at minus fifteen. Jointly with, um, as you said earlier, Barry, the South Korean Bi Young An and Jamie Lovemark, a player who I think over the last few weeks we've 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 been talking about. This was a shortened event due to a decimation by weather. It's kind of lengthened as well, though. It's in a, in another way. Well, lengthened, le- in, time lengthened in time, shortened in rounds. So they only played it over three rounds. They finished the third round in the final round, uh, starting when the Hooter went again at 7am on Monday to a very cold, damp and very empty looking golf club. Quiet. So, um, so Brian, they, I suppose, look, we need to firstly talk about Jamie Lovemark in this situation because this was a guy who had every chance to win this tournament in regulation. He had two putts to win it. Ends up leaving an eight ten footer short by a few inches. It was right in the jaws. He just had to get it up the hill. Goes three of them head off minus fifteen to the, to the eighteenth tee, and um, unfortunately for the South Korean, he um, left himself on the wrong side of the the, the green pin high on the left. But uh, I suppose a bit like any good amateur, you know, did chunk an old uh, duff shot straight into the uh, into the bank, and uh, that was all but but him eliminated. Jamie Lovemark again had another putt to to win it, um, missed it, back to the 18th, and they started again. And I suppose Brian, who had no choice but to lay up, really probably was a little bit happier when he saw Jamie Lovemark's. Uh, approach second, go left, 
and uh, it was very close to where Anne, you could still see the big chunk out of the ground in front of uh, Jamie Lovemark. Uh, he did get it there, but at that stage, uh, Brian Stuttart had really just absolutely put a dagger through his heart with an absolutely exquisite uh, third shot from, I think it was oh, uh, 100 and, about 140 yards in and left it as a kick-in birdie. Um, to win the tournament, which is probably kind of the way you want it. Though he did spend an awful long time uh, standing over the putter. But Barry, you were looking at the stats in this tournament and you were looking particularly at Brian's putting and and, and, and just quite phenomenal uh, record and, and way that he putted over the course of the week. Well, well, up until this week, he was a pretty shitty putter. He was ranked 128th in strokes game putting on the tour. Um he apparently grabbed a, as, as always at Odyssey, their putter names are massive. So it's an Odyssey Works Marksman Fang Tank Counterbalance Putter. For, I think I had one of them. You probably had. I think one, I did. I think you had two of them, maybe. Well, I had the. I definitely had the the the, the Works Tank. That's the. It's so it's heavier in the head. And with the counterbalance, there's the yeah. weight at the top to... Uh, and this one being a marksman, I'm sure, had a laser guidance system on it. I think that's just the yeah. the, the way that there's marks on the oh, top. Okay. I think the two ball has lines across it to, to make it easier for alignment purposes. Uh, yeah, long, long old name. Anyway, grabbed it from a demo bag by the practice putting green, just for shits and giggles maybe, or just to try something new. Uh, two weeks ago in San, San Antonio, knocked a few putts into it, said, this is nice, put it into play, and... Uh, here he is a couple of weeks later. Every one of his attempts at a putt, his 44 attempts at a putt from 10 foot and in, he holds last week. I mean, that's just sensational. It's one of the best putting displays um, on tour, they're saying, uh, for a win. So just brilliant, brilliant. And uh, shows that these guys are so good, it just takes that one little thing to click and they can go on and get a win on any given week. And it's 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 a superb uh, achievement by by Brian Stuttart in circumstances where I think this was in excess of his hundredth event, uh, attempting to to get his his first win. So again, similar to Lee, it it takes a bit of pressure off. He's now guaranteed his tour card for the next couple of years. Going to Augusta gets to go to Augusta. Goes to the players now uh, in two weeks' time, and um, I suppose there's a couple of other you know Jason Day. Had a had a good chance, didn't quite get over the line. Finished at thirteen under, uh, tied fifth. Um, Vijegas, nice to see him back playing well uh, again. Tied fifth, minus thirteen. Not Vegas, you're getting mixed up between your boys. Oh, I am sorry. But you see, there you go. There's my eyesight. His again. eyesight's gone. Right, James. James is James is flying blind for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Here's Pat and Gazire off the web.com tour last year. Back with another good performance. Top ten there. Charlie Hoffman holding the form pretty well. Just tight, just outside the top ten. Um, but look, it was a, this is a tough one to to watch or engage in because of all the delays. I think there was like twelve hours of delays in total. You could you saw like plenty of social media. The players were bored out of their brains in the clubhouse. Some of them slept, some of them were messing around on social media, like Ricky Fowler was taking the mick out of Jason Day when Day was trying to do an interview, Fowler was just there going, oh yeah, I'm Jason Day, and in an Australian accent it was quite funny. So, uh, look, obviously nobody really enjoys the rain delays, and uh, hopefully Well, I think there was one, one person who enjoyed the rain delay, and that's the guy who won the tournament, oh, yeah. but uh, uh, imagine how amazing, how many tour wins... Jim Furyk would have if they just played three rounds, <laughs> you know, like that would he'd be he'd be right up there again. 
So, uh, look, congratulations to him, and you know, it's a, it's a superb achievement, and and certainly one that uh, was ultimately well deserved. And um, you know, it's always tough looking for your maiden victory going into a playoff. So let's look at next week, and the LPGA is at the Yokohama Tire LPGA Classic. I love the names that the sponsorship they get in the LPGA. It's at the Robert Trent Jones uh, Golf Trail in Capitol Hill. The Senator course in Alabama, it's going to be played over the 6,590 yard, 99 yard par 72. And uh, Tumulus uh, defends having played 29 holes on the final day last year due to weather delays in the second and third round. So again, you know, we were talking about weather delays in the last um, tournament at the Zurich Classic. Um, hopefully this week they won't have quite as bad weather in Alabama as they had in Louisiana for the men. Barry, um, any uh, any any prices on the on the the markets for the the ladies this week? Yeah, I do have those. Yeah, so Brooke Henderson is leading at nine to one. Jarena Pillar ten to one. Stacy Lewis eleven to one. As is Amy Yang. Uh, so Yun Ryu is fourteen to one. Haru Nomura is eighteen to one. Hyojo Kim is twenty to one. Along with the uh, oh my god, Jutana Jutanugarn. That's, that's a tough one. There's a uh, reason why I always do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, Minji Lee and Charlie Hull are 20 to 1. Anna Nordqvist and Mi Jung Her are 25 to 1. Jessica Corder, 33 to 1. And the rest of the field are 40 to 1 and out. So, we are then moving to the European Tour. And we are starting to, thankfully, move back this side of uh, the world after the little swing over in China and we are playing the Trophy Hassan uh, at the Royal Golf in Morocco and this is the Royal Highness's uh, Prince Rachid who is the second to the Moroccan throne it's I think his private course I think virtually his private course the Royal Family is pretty at course Um, it's in around the palace grounds and the palace walls are there and there's some Roman runes it's a really cool golf course so before we we'll we'll look at the course in a second but it's it's going to be played over the 7,487 yard par 72 Richie Ramsey defends after a bit of a topsy-turvy final round last year where it looked for all the world like he was going to throw it away but it is really interesting. This, if my memory serves me right, it was one of Bobby's favourite courses to mm. watch because of just one that it looks just as the setting is just a, a stunning setting. But as you were saying, Roman ruins, lots of high walls. Yeah, and the kind of the, the, the sandstone high walls around uh, the course. And the interesting thing is like it's there's, there's plenty of trees in play, but it's monstrously long as well. It's not just a tree-lined course that's short. It's it's It's... All things going on, it is tough. There's some you know, elevated greens. You really got to have your long game in great shape this week, and the greens are not big either. So uh, it's uh, it's a really good one to watch. I'm delighted that the tour has finally made the you know the final leap to Europe for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, uh, or close majority, enough to it. <laughs> sorry for the majority of the rest of the season for the summer. Let's say um, um, the people of Morocco, I'm sure, are either offended or delighted to be claimed to be in Europe. But certainly, say in uh, Europe or towards Europe. Uh, anyway, look, we'll just. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, another Robert Trent Jones. Um, course similar to the LPGA that's playing on a on a Robert Trent Jones course this week but you were saying um Barry and you were pointing this out to me off air that actually this isn't the only um event that is currently being hosted by this guy this week oh yeah the um 
ladies European tour are also there they're in the Lala Maryam Cup so uh, it's kind of a the two tours are merging together to well not merging together but they're getting together in the same location to you know for the purposes of golf which is great so you know, the both tours will get a, a win I'd say more, more so it'll help the, the ladies European tour get a little bit more of a profile boost and more coverage on the back of the European tour but could, could it's, it's great for the game of golf well it's and this is in line with what we saw over in the States, the the, um, the initial kind of agreement between the PGA Tour and the LPGA to, to try synchronize their schedules somewhat to make it a, a golf weekend and one particular thing rather than just a men's event or a ladies event. So it's a, so let's have a, a rundown cool of the prices, Barry, that's on the markets for this the European tour event and let's see who is, you know, who's leading and, and some of the names that are gonna be playing this week. So uh, yeah, the hot hand at the moment without a win though is Alexander Levy. He's leading the market at ten to one. Somebody uh, you tipped up a few weeks ago is as, as a guy who I know I know he's keeping an eye out for at much more generous odds back then at ten to one now. I don't think I can back him especially. Well, you, you say it and the markets move by <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The way these things happen. Um and he doesn't have the greatest of records in uh, Morocco at this event, so I'll be steering clear of him. Uh, Andrew Johnson, who won recent winner is sixteen to one along with Alejandro Canizares, Gregory Bordy, eighteen to one, Julian Kane, twenty five to one, Romain Watel, twenty five to one, Benjamin Hebert, twenty five to one. You're beginning to think this sounds like it's an all French event. It's funny that the, the French guys tend to do quite well here. I, I don't know whether it's the climate, whether it's just because it's close to France or whatever. Perhaps the old colonial I, uh, way that they have with Morocco. Perhaps it's like a second open to them. It it just seems to they ju- it just seems to bring out very good golf out of the French guys. Um, Dean Burmester is twenty-eight to one. Our own Paul Dunn making a jaunt uh, into Morocco for I don't know if it's his first time going there. It probably, I is. assume it is. Yeah, because um, he was in South Africa, then Australia, tis, then into Asia. So tis his first time here. Uh, he's twenty-eight to one. Gregory Avray thirty-three to one, along with Jason Scrivener. David Horsey plays very well at this golf course year on year. Um, Dylan Fratelli thirty-five to one. Johan Carlson and Robert Rocker forty to one and. The rest of the field are 50 to 1 and out. So uh, can I take it from your endorsement there 30 seconds ago? You have your little outside pick. Uh, Might have a cheeky bet on David Horsey. He hasn't been playing well recently, but uh, I'm starting to lean more towards um, forgetting what form these guys are in. When they go to a place that they feel comfortable, they've had good results on before, they get that confidence and everything just clicks into place. Um, another one another guy who's been playing well recently might be worth uh, I might have a look at is Mike Lorenzo Vera uh, he's at 55 to 1 he's had a few good results recently and because this field is not uh, littered with superstar names these guys are all going to feel like they have a great chance to win this week so uh, it'd be nice to see me. how Paul Dunn does yes. I know that he's been up tweaking a little bit uh, with Titleist at the moment just a few bits that he uh, he's he's been wanting to kind of hone in on particularly around the short game so it'll be interesting to see how our our own Paul Dunn uh, gets on and as you say this might be an opportunity to mm. grab a big check or even a even a win if he could get over the line so we'll, and be, we'll keep an eye out for him he'll be a little bit extra motivated you know on the back of Seamus Perra's win over the web.com tour you know all the Irish guys this week will be feeling that extra little bit of uh, 
Oomph. You know, oomph. Oomph. Yeah, oh, oomph. oomph is exactly the word. So let's look at the PGA Tour, and I suppose, in truth, this is where really the, the, the main focus of a lot of our listeners is going to be this week. It's the Wells Fargo Championship, and this probably is the start again with the players the week after. This is kind of starting to see a lot of the big names coming back after a few weeks off, and it's at the uh, fabulous Quail Hollow Golf Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to be played over the 7,575-yard par 72 and Rory McIlroy defends so obviously that in itself is uh, always going to bring with it uh, the fact that we look at the markets here and Rory McIlroy is leading as favourite at 4-1 to one. Ricky Fowler 14-1 to one. Adam Scott 18-1 to one. Matsuyama 22, Henrik Stenson 22, calm down there Barry uh, JB Holmes 25, Justin Rose 25 Phil Back uh, on tour this week, twenty-eight to one. Patrick Reed, twenty-eight to one. Bit of a then a drop down to kind of Daniel Berger, thirty-five. Uh, Kevin Chappell, thirty-five to one. And from last week, forty to one. Paul Casey, forty-five. Dijon Bo, forty-five to one. And then we're kind of looking at you know beyond that. Just I suppose based on what we were talking about earlier, Jamie Lovemark, fifty-five to one. Certainly a guy who uh, is 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 in a bit of form. Jim Furyk eighty to one there as well, Martin Keimer ninety to one, and you know there's 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 uh, seven places again being paid by uh, by by one particular bookmaker, but certainly I'm sure if you look around, there, there's probably good options out there. This Barry is as as the Quail Hollow is is a golf course that we both really enjoy watching, and uh, this is going to be interesting to have a look at because this is where the PGA Championship is going to be hosted in a couple of years. And next year. Next year, next year in 2017. Yeah. So talk about this course, though, because really it's down the stretch that that's, you know, it's known as the Green Mile. And really this is where either people win, win or it, lose it or lose it. And, it, and, yeah. and maybe even on Sunday... With a little bit of a tight leaderboard, this is where you're going to be looking at who can get over these three, four holes as 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 Just, low as possible. The, the last three holes are savage. A 508-yard par 4, followed by a 221-yard par 3, and then a 493-yard uphill par 4. So, like, you you have to hit five quality golf shots and uh, hopefully as few putts as possible over those three holes. And, if you can play those, I think they say if you play the green mile in level par for the week, you're happy out, you know, you're skipping away. Oh, I'd say so. And and this is the third longest course on the PGA Tour schedule. So again, I suppose uh, we're probably looking towards players in that field that are real long hitters. So it's not a surprise that Rory has won here before. Mm-hmm. A good long hitter, big hitter. Um, you know, Adam Scott again, another big long hitter. Really, is these the players that, when you're looking at this course, looking at this event, this is kind of where you need to be looking generally at because of the likes of the greens elevated. You need to be hitting shorter irons in to try and get them to stop. Yeah, you need you need to be hitting the ball a long way in general. There's a few guys out there who have good records over the years that generally aren't quite long hitters. Like Jeff Ogilvy has a, a quite a nice record across the board. He's not noted as a long hitter, so guys that just like the course and you know uh, can still go well here, but it's to your advantage if you can smash the ball miles. And it has one of the longest average driving distances on tour, uh, which shows you that the guys are really going for pure distance uh, to make their second shot and approach shots easier. 
So make your scores in the par fives and try sneak a little bit under par for the par threes and the par fours. And it's I suppose plan. if if you know from what we're saying, we're looking at the the long drive guys, but we're also needing you know maybe to look at the guys who, if they're not as long, have a very sharp short game. You know, mm. who could get up if they're not going to make the likes of the five hundred and something yard par four that they're going to hit two good shots and then you know the short game is on fire they're going to scramble they're going to get up and down and you know that that i suppose is the next next aspect after the the, the drives if mm. you find like you said you know uh, you know there are some players who wouldn't be known as too long but maybe the short game and scrambling saving those pars holding the six six footers four footers for pars on yeah. those holes you, are, you can't are do deep. that you can't do that all week long so uh, they're gonna, you're going to need to have your long game in shape you can have one day off or maybe a day and a half off with the the long game and have the scrambling kicking in and saving your backside but uh, um, so is there anybody yeah. that, that you're looking at or is this to me what I love about this event is there's a lot of the big names back again we're looking at you know Rory we're looking at Ricky Adam Scott Matsyama Stenson JB Holmes Rose uh you know, Mickelson. There's so many big names that are here that it's just hopefully it will be a slugfest come Sunday. It'd be great. And that uh, you really do have two or three of those big names. It doesn't have to be the, the three biggest, but you'd love to see kind of two or three of those big names in the last couple of groups, mm. you know, bang, bouncing off each other. One guy gets a par, the other guy gets birdie, you know, just to have a bit of movement. And another cool thing about this golf course is it does open itself up to some super low round, rounds as we've seen before. So you can you can get a surge from somebody throughout Saturday or Sunday. Look, and we talked about Phil maybe trying to get a win this year. I think this is a course where Phil has a ridiculous record. Since 2004, right? His finishes have been 5th, 7th, 35th, 3rd, 12th, 5th, 2nd, 9th, 26th, 3rd, 11th, 4th. He has a like one of the best records here without winning. So um, I know he had, he had a miscut there, was it recently, if my stats, yeah, two weeks ago. And uh, But, you know, he's coming back to a place where he's happy, he feels good. And you've seen what Phil does when he goes to a place where he's happy, he feels good. Like the Waste Management Phoenix Open there, was it last year? So uh, I'm going to pick Phil this week. Well, I don't, I don't think anybody would be disappointed to see Phil get over the line. Um, that, that, I suppose, finishes the preview and, well, the review of last week and the preview of next week. We'll be looking back on all of the golf from this week, next week. But, Barry, just very briefly and very quickly for the, uh, the listeners interested in the game golf, let people know how they can still secure their place in the uh, championship or the, the competition. The championship competition. The championship competition of championships. Uh, anyone who's already in the challenge can enter. The get Post your round. Get your round uploaded into the challenge or uploaded to Game Golf. If you have a full round uploaded to Game Golf, it enters it automatically into the challenge if you're already entered in the challenge. That's a roundabout way of saying it. Anyway, do that and then take a picture of your round or screenshot it and tweet it to at Podcast GTS at Game Golf and the hashtag Golf, and you are in the draw to win the signed Game Golf Live unit signed by uh, our own Graham McDowell and a shirt signed by GMAC. So, uh, those who are in, get your rounds uploaded and tweeted. And um, anyone who's already uploaded around and hasn't tweeted, go check your Twitter account, see that you've done it. It would be pretty crappy to have uploaded the round and had a chance to have been in, but you just didn't send a tweet. And anybody who is, you know, on the Game Golf system you know 
throw us an old fo- follow as well. It's great to, to kind of keep up to date with what's going on out mm. there. So we'll follow you back and uh, we'll get some interaction going on that over the course of the season. So look, that just leads me to thank you, Barry, for all your expertise over the course of the last hour. Thanks, James. Thank you, the listeners, for listening. At Podcast GTS is the Twitter handle. Get on to Game Golf to deal with the uh, the competition. It is a great prize and one that you definitely want to be in to win. That leaves us just to say thank you to all the listeners. Enjoy the golf if you're going to watch it this weekend. If you're playing, have a great round. Let us know how you get on at Podcast GTS. And we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.